this morning will be taken from Luke chapter 23, verses 50 through 56. Now there was a man named Joseph, Joseph from the Jewish town of Arimathea. He was a member of the council, a good and righteous man, who had not consented to their decision and actions, and he was looking for the kingdom of God. This man went to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus. Then he took it down and wrapped it in a linen shroud and laid him in a tomb cut in stone, where no one had ever yet been laid. It was a day of preparation, and the Sabbath was beginning. The woman who had come with him from Galilee followed and saw the tomb and how his body was laid. Then they returned and prepared spices and ointments. On the Sabbath they rested according to the commandment. You may be seated. Whenever I think about the text that was just read for us from Luke chapter 23, verses 50 through 56, whenever I think about not only the suffering of Jesus, the crucifixion of Jesus, but also the burial of Jesus, there are many different thoughts that come to my mind. One of those thoughts... I'm considering this morning, you know what it is? Whenever we encounter the suffering of Christ, whenever we think about Jesus' crucifixion, whenever we think about Jesus' burial, I believe one idea that we come face to face with is the silence of God. Have you ever noticed that? Whenever you read through the Gospel accounts, Whenever you read about the suffering of Jesus, whenever you read about the crucifixion of Jesus, whenever you read about the burial of Jesus, there are a lot of different people who say and do different things, but not God. God doesn't say a single word. God doesn't do a single thing. That's not the case in other moments in Jesus' ministry. There were many times throughout Jesus' ministry whenever God spoke from the heavens. For instance, when you go to Luke chapter 3 and verse number 22, as Jesus was baptized in the murky waters of the Jordan River by John the Immerser, a voice came from heaven, the voice of the Father, saying, You are my beloved Son. You are the Son whom I love. With you I am well pleased. Or you go over to Luke chapter 9 and verse number 35, as Jesus and His disciples, James and John and Peter are on the Mount of Transfiguration and a cloud overshadows them, the Bible says that a voice came out of that cloud saying, This is My Son, My Chosen One. Listen to Him. Hear Him. The meaning there is obey Him. Do what He tells you to do. And then in front of a large multitude, in John chapter 12 and verse number 28, Jesus cried out to the Father, Father, glorify Your name. And a voice responded from heaven saying, I have glorified it and I will glorify it again. There were many moments throughout the life of Jesus. There were many moments throughout the ministry of Jesus when God spoke. God was not silent. God acted. God spoke in different ways. But then we come to the most painful moments of Jesus' life. We take a look at His suffering. We take a look at His crucifixion. 
we take a look at how his corpse was placed inside of a tomb. And we come face to face with the silence of God. God didn't say a word. God didn't do a thing during that stretch of time. Perhaps you remember as Jesus hung on the cross, He had several things to say to the Father. You remember some of Jesus' sayings from the cross? Father, into Your hands I commit My Spirit. Father, forgive them for they don't know what they do. My God, my God, why have You forsaken Me? Jesus wasn't silent to the Father as He was hanging on the cross, but but rather the Father was silent towards Him. Joseph of Arimathea, in our reading from Luke chapter 23, verses 50 through 56, as he buried Jesus, he had certain things that he said and certain things that he did. The women who followed Jesus from Galilee, they had certain things that they said and certain things that they did, but not God. God remained silent. As we study about Jesus' suffering, as we study about Jesus' crucifixion, And as we study about Jesus' burial in the tomb, we come face to face with the silence of God. Have you ever come face to face with the silence of God? Have you ever experienced or struggled with the silence of God in your life? Maybe you were praying about a certain situation. Or you were praying for a certain person. You were praying for the situation to get better. You were praying for the person to get better. And it didn't get better. In fact, it only got worse. Maybe it was a family member that you prayed every day for. That God would heal them. God would rescue them. God would deliver them from the sickness and the disease that they were dealing with. And God didn't rescue them. Instead of getting better, they only got worse. And as you continued to pray... They eventually passed away. Have you ever seen somebody get away with some kind of injustice? They do something they shouldn't do. They say something they shouldn't say. And they get away with it. Nothing happens to them. Nothing negative takes place in their lives. In fact, many times when people do certain injustices, when people do wrong things, they end up prospering from it. Prospering financially or prospering when it comes to their authority and standing in Society. What do all of those things go back to? They all go back to the four words that we see on the screen. The silence of God. The silence of God is not easy to navigate. The silence of God is not easy to deal with. Perhaps the question that comes to our minds when we come face to face with God's silence is the question why? God, why do you remain silent whenever I'm struggling? Why do you remain silent whenever I'm going through difficulties in life? Or I'm trying to maneuver through this difficult situation. This person in my life is hurting. I'm dealing with circumstances in my life that aren't easy. Why aren't you saying anything? Why aren't you doing anything? Why are you continuing to remain silent as I continue to struggle? As I continue to go through all of these difficulties on a daily basis? What about the text in Luke 23? As Jesus suffers, as Jesus is crucified, as His body is put in the tomb, why does God remain silent in those circumstances? Why does God remain silent when Jesus goes through perhaps the most difficult moments in His earthly life? Let's consider a few options over the next few minutes. Option number one, maybe God remains silent 
in Luke chapter 23 because he just doesn't care. If you don't care about something, generally the case, you're not going to involve yourself in it. I think back to about a month and a half ago whenever people were scrambling on the internet to try to get tickets to go see Taylor Swift in concert. I wasn't a part of that struggle. I wasn't a part of that pursuit. You know why? Because I wasn't really interested in it. It's not really my taste in music. I didn't really care about going to the concert. Whenever we have things that we don't really care about, we don't seek them out. We do not involve ourselves in those things. And maybe that's where God is whenever you look at Luke chapter 23. That Jesus is going through this suffering. Jesus is going through difficulty. Jesus' body is being put in a tomb. And, and God just doesn't care. He doesn't care about what Jesus is going through. He doesn't care about the pain that Jesus is feeling. But do you remember what we read just a few moments ago from Luke chapter 3 and verse 22? As Jesus is baptized in the Jordan River, what did God say from the heavens? You are my what? My beloved Son. Literally, you are the Son whom I love. We find in John chapter 3 and verse 35 that the Father loves the Son and has given all things into His hand. I think based on those couple of Scriptures, it's absolutely ridiculous for us to suggest that God is silent in Luke 23 through Jesus' suffering, through Jesus' crucifixion, through Jesus' burial, because He doesn't care about Jesus. He doesn't care about what Jesus is going through. No, the Scriptures tell us that Jesus is His beloved Son. The Father loves the Son and has given all things into His hand. It's not the case in Luke 23. But do we ever think that way when it comes to our lives? As we navigate the silence of God, as we struggle with the silence of God, and we ask the question, why? Are we tempted to think that He doesn't care about us? Well, God must be silent in these circumstances because He doesn't care about the pain that I'm feeling. He doesn't care about the difficulties that I'm going through. He doesn't care about the hurt that I have in my life. He doesn't care about the hurt that I have in my heart. He doesn't care about the hurt that I'm receiving from this specific experience and situation. Sometimes when we struggle with the silence of God, we're tempted to ask, does Jesus care when my heart is pained too deeply for mirth and song? As the burdens press and the cares distress and the way grows weary and long? Does Jesus care when my way is dark with a nameless dread and fear? As the daylight fades to deep and the deep night shades, does He care enough to be near? Does Jesus care when I've tried and failed to resist some temptation strong? When for my deep grief I find no relief though my tears flow all the night long, does Jesus care when I've said goodbye to the dearest on earth to me, and my sad heart aches till it nearly breaks, is it ought to Him does He see? Those are the questions we ask, aren't they? When we struggle with the silence of God, when God is silent towards specific situations in our lives, we start to wonder, does God care about me? Does God care about the pain in my heart? Does God care about the pain in my life? Your heart might be telling you no. Your mind might be telling you no. But what do the Scriptures say? As we oftentimes sing, oh yes, He cares. Does Jesus care about me when I'm hurting? Oh yes, He cares. I know He cares. His heart is touched with my grief. When the days are weary, the long nights dreary, I know my Savior 
cares, both in Luke 23 and in our lives as Christians, it's ridiculous for us to think that God remains silent because He doesn't care. It's ridiculous for us to think that God remains silent as we go through different struggles and different situations in our lives because He doesn't care about the hurt we have. He doesn't care about the pain that we feel. We have a God who loves us and cares about us more than we can even comprehend. More than we can even understand. Well, option number two, maybe sometimes God remains silent in our lives because He's powerless. Maybe it is the case that God loves Jesus and He cares about Jesus and He cares about what Jesus is going through, but maybe He's just not capable of doing anything. Like we said a few moments ago, when you consider yourself of being incapable of doing something, you're probably not going to sign up for it. For instance, I'm not going to sign up for the World's Strongest Man competition. I'm just not going to do it. I wouldn't do well in that competition. If you want a birthday cake for your kid's birthday party, don't come and ask me. If the transmission in your car is broken down, don't bring the car to my house. The only thing that I'm going to be able to do for you is to hold the light as you work on it. When we can't do something, when we see ourselves as incapable, we don't sign up for it. And like we said, maybe that's where God is. God cares about Jesus. God loves Jesus, of course. But here Jesus is going through difficulty. And Jesus has been handed over by the Jews to the Romans. And the Romans put Jesus on the cross. Now His body is being put in the tomb. That's just outside of God's control. God can't do anything about this. God is powerless in this set of circumstances. We'll go back for just a minute to Mark 26 and verse 53. As Peter goes off to cut off Malchus's ear as Jesus is being arrested, notice the question that Jesus asked him. Do you think that I cannot appeal to my Father? And He will at once send me more than 12 legions of angels? Is God powerless in what Jesus is going through? Is God incapable in this set of circumstances? Of course not. Jesus says, all that I have to do is ask Him. And He's so powerful, He's so capable, that He'll send 12 legions of angels at a minimum to come and destroy the world, to come and set me free. 12 legions of angels equals about 72,000 angels. You know, we oftentimes sing that Jesus could have called 10,000 angels to destroy the world and set Him free. In that song, we only miss it by a minimum of about 62,000 angels. But God is not powerless. God is not incapable in this set of circumstances. God, Jesus could just appeal to Him. And He would send 72,000 angels to rescue and deliver Jesus from what He's dealing with. Think about what just one angel did in 2 Kings chapter 19 and verse 35 when an angel of the Lord went out, just one angel, and struck down 185,000 Assyrians. If that's what one angel can do, imagine what 72,000 angels could do. Like we said with option number one, it's ridiculous for us to suggest that God is silent through Jesus' suffering. He's silent through Jesus' burial because He's powerless or He's incapable. It's just not the case. Do we ever view God as being powerless in our lives? I think about in 1 Samuel 17, whenever the Israelites were standing and looking at the giant Goliath. And they were afraid. No one was willing to step out in faith to fight the giant Goliath. They viewed that giant as being bigger than their God. They viewed the trial, the difficulty standing in front of them as being more powerful than the God who promised to be with them. Do we ever view our trials that way? 
Do, do we ever view our trials as being bigger than our God? Do we ever view the difficulties and the pain in our lives as being more powerful than the God that we serve? Perhaps we need to take a few minutes to think about who God is and to consider just how powerful He is. In David's prayer in 1 Chronicles 29 and verse 11, David prays, Yours, O Lord, is the greatness and the what? The power and the glory and victory and majesty for all that's in the heavens and in the earth is Yours. Yours is the kingdom, O Lord, and You are exalted as head above all. When we think about our God, we have to realize that He is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think. In Ephesians chapter 3 and verse number 20, Jesus wants to remind His disciples of the power of God. In Matthew 19 and verse 26, when He looked at them to say, with man this is impossible, but what? With God, all things are possible. With God, all things are possible because He is all-powerful. With God, all things are possible because He is omnipotent. There is nothing that's outside the realm of His power. There is nothing that is outside the realm of His control. We might be tempted to think as we struggle with the silence of God that maybe He loves me, maybe He cares about me, but He can't do anything about this. He's able to do far more abundantly than anything that we ask or think. Maybe it's the case that God remains silent, but it's not because He's powerless. Option number three, maybe sometimes God remains silent because He's angry. Have you ever gotten the silent treatment before from somebody? Guys, have you ever been in the doghouse? Uh, I won't ask for a raise of hands. That might get you there. Have you ever spent the night on the couch? Anger is oftentimes the reason for silence. And that's true with God whenever we look at the Scriptures. In Isaiah, or rather Psalm, the 89th chapter in verse 46, the psalmist asks three questions. How long, O Lord, will you hide yourself forever? How long will your wrath burn like fire? Notice that the silence of God is laid right next to His anger. How long are you going to hide yourself? How long will your wrath burn like fire? In 1 Samuel 28 and verse 6, when Saul inquired of the Lord, the Lord was silent to him. The Lord didn't answer him either by dreams or by Urim or by prophets. He inquired of the Lord. He asked the Lord, but the Lord didn't answer him. The Lord was silent to him because he was angry over the sins that he had committed, the unfaithfulness that King Saul had lived in. Psalms 34 and verse number 16 simply says that the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. Oftentimes in Scripture, God's silence is caused by His anger. Maybe that's where we are in Luke the 23rd chapter. God must be angry at Jesus. He must be angry over something that Jesus said or something that Jesus did. And that's why He's not responding. That's why He's not acting. That's why He's not speaking. He's giving Jesus the silent treatment. We'll take just a few minutes to look at John 6 and verse 38. Where Jesus says, I have come down from heaven. Why? What, what's Jesus' purpose and mission? Why did He come from heaven to earth? He says, not to do my own will, but the will of Him who sent me. That's the reason that Jesus came to earth. To do the Father's will, and He did that perfectly. You recognize that in Jesus we see somebody perfect? Somebody who never sinned. Somebody who never said or did or thought anything that was contrary to God's will. He came to do the will of the Father. And because of that, there was no reason for the Father to be angry at Jesus over something that He said or something that He did. 
In fact, you look at Isaiah 53 and verse number 10, Jesus is going through all of this suffering in the midst of God's silence, not because God is angry, but because at the beginning of this verse, it was the will of the Lord to crush him. It was God's will for Jesus to go through all of these things. It's ridiculous for, for us to suggest that God remains silent because He doesn't care, because He's powerless. It's ridiculous for us to suggest that God is silent in Luke 23 because He's angry at Jesus. He's giving Jesus the silent treatment. Jesus is in the doghouse. It's not the case. Do we ever think of God as being angry with us? When we experience God's silence, our minds automatically go to the worst possible options. And maybe one of the options that comes into our mind is God must be angry with me. He's not responding to this situation. He's not responding to my prayers. He's not stepping in to save me from this. Because two years ago, or rather two, two weeks ago, I said some words that I shouldn't have said. Or two months ago, I did some things that I shouldn't have done. Or had some thoughts that I shouldn't have had. Think about a question with me for just a minute. Are you doing the best that you can to follow in the footsteps of Jesus? Right now, based on how you're living right now, are you doing the best that you can to live a life that's faithful to God, yes or no? If you answer that question saying no, then that's where we need to spend some time. And that's where we need to do some work. But if you answer that question saying, yes, I'm doing the best that I can to serve Jesus. I'm doing the best that I can to be more like Jesus. Notice how God interacts with you in 1 John 1 and verse 7. That if we walk in the light as He's in the light, then we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus His Son cleanses us from all sin. If you're doing the best that you can to walk in a direction that's towards Jesus... If you're doing the best that you can to follow after Him and to live a life that's faithful to Him, God is not angry at you. God is forgiving you. He's constantly and continually forgiving you of the sins that you've committed in 1 John 1 and verse 7. Sure, we're going to make some mistakes, and that's why we're thankful that we serve a Lord who's gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. Psalm 145 and verse number 8. God does not remain silent in the lives of His faithful children because He's angry at them. God doesn't give His children the silent treatment. God doesn't take His children and throw them in the doghouse because of something that they've said or something that they've done. And so the question still remains. The, the question is still up on the screen. Why does God remain silent? It's not because He doesn't care. It's not because He's powerless. It's not because He's angry. If, if it's not any of those things, then what is it? As we look at Luke, the 23rd chapter, I want to give you a fourth option. And I believe that this is the option that we can most relate to as followers of Jesus. Perhaps God remains silent in our lives because He's working out His will on His time. Can you see that in Luke 23? You can't deny the silence of God. God remains silent as Jesus suffers. God remains silent as Jesus is crucified. God remains silent as Jesus' body is laid in the tomb. And as Jesus' body remains in the tomb, you cannot deny that God didn't say anything. God didn't do anything. But why? It wasn't because He didn't care. 
It wasn't because he was powerless. It wasn't because he was angry. In Luke 23, God remains silent because he's working out his will on his time. God remains silent in Luke chapter 23 throughout Friday and Saturday because he knows that Sunday is coming. God remains silent as Jesus suffers beyond what words can bear. He remains silent as Jesus suffocates on the tree. He remains silent as Jesus' body is put in the tomb. And it's all because of what happened on the first day of the week. As Jesus rose from the dead and the angel announced, He's not here, but He has risen. Everything that happens in this story according to Acts 2 and verses 23 and 24, was according to the definite plan and foreknowledge of God. God remained silent in the crucifixion. He remained silent in the burial. But it was according to the plan that He had. According to 1 Peter 1 verses 18 through 20, Jesus was foreknown before the foundation of the world. In the burial of Jesus, the crucifixion of Jesus, leading to the resurrection of Jesus, God is carrying out a plan that existed in His mind before anything was here. Before the foundation of the world was laid, God had a plan in His mind that these things were going to take place. The way that Paul says it in Galatians 4 is that this happened in the fullness of time. That when the fullness of time had come, when the right perfect moment had come, God sent forth His Son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons. God is silent in Luke 23. But the silence in Luke 23 points us towards the proclamation of Jesus as the Son of God, Romans chapter 1 and verse 4, in His resurrection from the dead. He remains silent because He's working out His will on His timetable. And so I want to ask you to invite this message into your life. Maybe it's the case that you're struggling with the silence of God over a certain circumstance Maybe you're struggling with the silence of God as you maneuver the difficulties and trials of life. And we wonder why. Even as faithful Christians, we're tempted to think that, that God must be silent because He doesn't care about me anymore. He must not love me anymore or He would do something. God is remaining silent because He's just powerless. Maybe He does love me, but He's not capable of doing anything about this situation. This situation is bigger than God. It's outside of God's control. Maybe we're tempted to think that God is angry with us over something that we said or something that we did in the near or in the distant past. And that's why He's not responding. That's why He's not doing anything. That's why He's not saying anything. I want to suggest to you this morning, that God's silence in your life might not be a bad thing. I want to suggest to you this morning that God's silence in your life might not be a negative thing. In fact, it might be a positive thing. Do you think it could be the case that God is silent in your life right now because He's working out His will, not your will, on His time, not your time? Maybe it's the case that God is silent in your life right now because He's disciplining you as His child. And His discipline is not a bad thing. He disciplines us for, his, for our good that we may share in His holiness. Hebrews chapter 12 and verse number 10. 
Maybe God is silent right now because He's in the process of fulfilling the great promise of Romans 8 and verse 28. Working all things together for good to those who love Him. For those who are called according to His purpose. Maybe God is silent right now because the time isn't right. Maybe God is silent right now because He's taking the good and the bad in your life, the positive and negative, and producing a positive outcome that couldn't have otherwise happened. Maybe God is silent right now because He's telling you that you need to be patient. He's telling you that you need to learn to rely on Him and to trust in Him to place His will over your own. James 4 and verse 15 says that we ought to say, instead of making plans on our own, we ought to say if the Lord wills, then we will live and do this or that. It's a fact of life. It's a fact of Christianity. It's a fact in our walks and relationships with God that God sometimes remains silent. But that silent might not be a bad thing. That silence might actually be a good thing. See, the problem with us is that we only see a portion of what's going on. We see what's going on in front of us. What we don't see is what God is doing behind the scenes. We see and experience and struggle with the silence of God. But what we don't see is, is the plan of God. That's existed in his mind from before the foundation of the world, before any of this was even here. We struggle with God's silence on Friday and Saturday. What we don't see is that Sunday is coming. And one day his silence is going to be broken in a powerful way, just like it was on that first day of the week, more than 2,000 years ago. And so based on that, based on God's silence, based on God carrying out His will on His time, I want to ask you, don't stop trusting. Whenever we struggle with the silence of God, it could be tempting to give up. It could be tempting to throw in the towel. It could be tempting to say, if it's not working here, if He's not responding here, I'm going to go somewhere else, I'm going to do something else. Now even when God remains silent, don't stop trusting even in the midst of the silence, continue to place your faith in Him. Continue to place your faith in His promises. In the midst of God's silence, don't stop praying. I remember when I was in college, I was having a conversation with one of my friends. He was being annoying. He was ignoring me on purpose. So do you know what happened to that conversation? It immediately got shut down. That's where the conversation ended. And maybe sometimes that's how we think with God. God is remaining silent. He's not responding to my prayers. He's not giving me what I asked for, so I'm just going to stop praying. Even when God is silent, resist the temptation to be silent yourself. Even when God is silent, continue to pray. Continue to come before His throne. When God is silent, don't stop pursuing. Continue to seek God. Continue to seek a relationship with Him that's deeper and greater and more intimate. Continue to fall deeper and deeper in love with the One who has called you to Himself. The One who has saved your soul by His grace. We experience the silence of God. And perhaps that silence is a good thing in our lives. Perhaps it's God carrying out His will on His time. So let's let Him do it. Let's keep trusting, let's keep praying, and let's keep pursuing Him even when it seems like He's not pursuing us.
God might be silent on Friday and Saturday, but can we trust in the fact that Sunday is coming? Maybe you're struggling with the silence of God in your life. We'd love to help you with that as we extend this invitation and we stand and sing our song of encouragement.